Hello, everyone, and welcome to the roadmap from Auto Finance News since 1996, the nation's leading newsletter on automotive lending and leasing. It is Monday, May 1st, and I'm Joey Pizzolatto, joined by Amanda Harris and Riley Wolfbauer. This is our weekly wrap on what happened in auto finance for the week ending April 28, 2023. In general economic news, U.S. economic growth slowed in the first quarter by more than expected as slowing business investment and a pullback in inventories tempered a pickup in consumer spending. Gross domestic product rose at a 1.1% annualized rate on the back of the strongest consumer spending in nearly two years, according to the Commerce Department. The 3.7 increase in consumer spending reflected gains in both goods and services, including a surge in purchases of motor vehicles. Business investment in equipment posted the biggest drop since the start of the pandemic and inventories subtracted the most from GDP in two years. Vice Chair for Supervision at the Federal Reserve, Michael Barr, last week released a review of the supervision and regulation of Silicon Valley Bank. The bank and federal regulators alike let poor management slide for several years, leading to the largest bank failure since 2008. SVB lacked board effectiveness, risk management, and internal audits within its operations and had 31 outstanding supervisory warnings when the bank collapsed in March. Similarly, the Fed failed to follow up on warnings issued to the bank by supervisors to ensure problems were rectified. In automotive, new vehicle sales are forecast to improve on a month-over-month basis in April as more favorable seasonal factors in increase and increased fleet demand drive up volumes. April U.S. light vehicle SAR is expected to hit 15.1 million units, up from 14.9 million units in March according to separate forecasts from Cox Automotive and Deutsche Bank. In auto finance, GTE Federal Credit Union came to market last Monday with a $203 million transaction backed by Prime Auto Loans, marking the financer's first asset-backed securitization deal of the year and fifth total credit union securitization in the market. Cost of funds for Carvana's first non-Prime asset-backed securities deal since March 2022, increase as expected cumulative loss levels rose amid lengthened loan terms and deteriorating credit performance in the lender's non-prime portfolio. The $479 million deal saw spreads widen and over-collateralization increase. Spreads on AAA-rated bonds landed at 175 basis points over the I-curve, an increase of 80 basis points compared with Carvana's non-prime deal in 2022, according to Finsight. Spreads were also wider when compared with other non-prime deals that hit the market in the in the same week. Spreads on AAA-rated notes and consumer portfolio services April 21st deal landed at 115 basis points over the I-curve, while spreads on AAA-rated notes in American Credit Acceptance April 21st deal came in at 100 basis points over the I-curve. First quarter earnings continued last week with Capital One Auto Finance, GM Financial, and Consumer Portfolio Services reporting mixed results, in line with quarterly trends logged at other banks that originate auto loans. Capital One Auto Finance saw originations plummet 47% year-over-year amid an interest margin realignment fueled by competitive pricing in the market, while GM Financial logged a 12% increase in originations amid increased penetration and general motors vehicle sales. Subprime lender consumer portfolio services origination volume also increased just over 1% year-over-year, even as the company tightened credit. Meanwhile, 
Floor plan interest expense is surging at publicly traded automotive dealer groups amid rising interest rates and increasing vehicle supply. Finance and insurance revenue faltered at Group 1 Automotive and Penske Automotive in the quarter, while Lithia continued its acquisition strategy and saw the dealer group lead in merger and acquisition activity in 2022. Speaking of dealership groups, Amanda, you reported on merger and acquisition at public dealer groups and Lithia's earnings. So what's going on there? They stood out. Yes, they did. So Lithia continues to basically lead the overall dealership buy-sell market. So dealership groups are, literally as it sounds, buying up other dealerships to grow their their group overall. And they're also playing on selling off dealerships at the same time. So Lithia kind of leads that overall market. Just a little bit about the market in general. It did dip down a little bit uh, last year. There was a little bit less activity in the space overall compared with the year before, um, looking back at 2021. But it is starting to, you know, starting off pretty strong this year as well. So it's climbing back up a little bit. And that really is driven by there's a lot of pushing for consolidation. OEMs really want to work with, you know, fewer dealers, keeping their dealership network very large. So obviously they keep wanting to grow that. There is a push toward consolidation. So more dealership groups are are buying up other dealerships to grow their groups overall. So we're looking at that. So that's kind of making the entire activity across the industry pick up again. But Lithia has led for a while um, and they led back in 2022 as well for they're a publicly traded you know, dealership groups, they're kind of mandated to grow and they're one of the few publicly traded in the space. Most dealerships are actually almost like 90% of it are owned by private companies. So there's a lot of opportunity for a publicly traded company to come in and buy up these dealerships and a lot of opportunity for consolidation in general across the industry. So Lithium's really tapping into that. They have part of their core operations is to acquire dealerships, and they said that on their earnings call that they are not slowing down. This is part of the core of what they do. So within that, their floor plan interest expense went up 470% year over year. Um, and again, that a lot has to do with the fact that last year there was a little bit of a, a tick down in their activity. Um, and then going into like in 2022, after a really strong jump in 2021. So now we're back to more normal levels. If you look back at, you know, their 2019, 2020 activity, 2023 is trending more online with what they would normally do. Um, so I'm not really quite sure what happened in um, the year where they saw a ton of activity other than there may just been a lot of opportunity. So when you factor in all that, of course, it's, it's jumping up quite a bit. But their F&I gross profit along with that did decline almost 8% year over year. Um, so, of course, like you mentioned, higher interest rates are a driver of that. They're also, you know, spending a good bit on acquisitions. They They take a lot of acquisitions funds and put that toward, you know, growing their network. Um, so a lot of that's just playing out. And they they mainly fund those, um, you know, they have debt issuance that re- they rely on. They have warehouse facilities that they use with different banks and financial institutions to fund those purchases. Um, and they do expect to have about three to five billion dollars in acquired revenues a year for their acquisition strategy going forward. And they said that on the call. So they're not slowing down at all. Um, so we'll just kind of have to see what plays out as, as you know, OEMs kind of take that a little bit more of an active role in their dealership networks and consolidation becomes, you know, even a bigger trend going forward. Great. 
Turning back to auto sales and the Federal Reserve, uh, the Federal Reserve released its beige book last week. Uh, Riley Wolfbauer has the details. Yeah, auto sales were pretty mixed across um, Federal Reserve Bank uh, regions in April as improving vehicle supply propped up sales in some regions, while high interest rates contributed to softening demand and declining sales in other regions. Uh, Sales increased across the regions covered by the Federal Reserve Banks of Atlanta, Dallas, and Philadelphia. Sales were, were robust in the region covered by the Federal Reserve of Atlanta. Despite the robust sales in the region, uh, the Atlanta Fed reported that decreasing consumer confidence poses a risk for sales in the coming months, despite the increased sales during the month. Um, The Dallas and Philadelphia Feds also reported increased sales amid softening demand due to high interest rates. Softening demand has led to some dealers in the Philadelphia Fed region to lower prices and increase incentives. Uh, Sales were steady in April in the region served by the Chicago and New York Feds. Vehicle sales in the Chicago Fed region were unchanged in April, um, and there was elevated demand in service and parts. Uh, Upstate New York dealers saw new vehicle sales steady as inventory improved, but used vehicle sales actually firmed up a little bit. Uh, The Cleveland and Kansas City enrichment and Richmond Federal Reserve regions saw decreased sales in April as demand weakened due to high interest rates and high vehicle prices pushing consumers out of the market. Uh, All of the Federal Reserve banks that provided insight into auto sales reported softening demand in the market, so it'll be interesting to keep a close eye to see how sales trend in May. Right, and uh, the Federal Reserve is set to meet again tomorrow and Wednesday and expected to raise rates again by 25 basis points. Credit Acceptance Corp and Ford Credit are also set to report earnings in the next two days, so be on the lookout for those reports coming this week. That about does it for today's episode. Thanks for joining us on the roadmap and be sure to follow us on LinkedIn. We will see you online at autofinancenews.net and here next time.